We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of A3 Life. Today we're going to have a really fun interview. So let me start with telling you guys what we're doing in the month of May. You probably have heard us talk about it by now because we've done some Talk Tuesdays and talked about it on our page and all kinds of good stuff. But we just randomly picked the month of May. I don't know why we even picked the month of May because it's not like an International Women's Month or anything, but we just decided to do a fun little mini series where we highlight some really uh, strong and awesome women that we know or know of or uh, whatever it may be in that case. And so we have our first interview for our little mini series today, and it's with my Sarah Bear. Uh, Miss Sarah Tobias is with us. And Sarah is somebody that I have known basically my entire life, which is gonna get a little frightening probably, but it's still awesome. Um, she's my best friend from high school. And like I said, I think we've, like, it goes all the way back to like gymnastics days at Rainbow Dance and uh, Tumble and Dance. And like, I don't know, we were like three or something, four, I don't know, really super young. And then went to elementary, graduated high school together. And to this day, she still comes to like, our family birthday parties and events and so have had a really long relationship with her so Sarah welcome to thank you it's so good to be here I'm so excited to tell everybody so many things about you (laughs) this is gonna be the best be afraid I know. I don't know who I like who thought this was a good idea. Was this my idea or actually was your idea? Need I remind <laughs> you. Uh, okay. So Sarah, let's start first. Tell us just a little bit like a we're gonna dive into some stuff, but let's tell us just like a quick elevator pitch. Who are you? Um, and all that good stuff. Um, okay, so a quick elevator pitch about me is I have a Facebook group called Living Well with Sweatpants Sarah, and I often talk about like my life experiences and my personal growth journey. Um, I've been through several different things in my life um, that were pretty tough experiences, um, and I've been through a lot of uh, counseling, and I've, I've grown a lot from that. I also talk about early childhood tips and um, essential oil tips and kind of natural health. It's just a positive vibe group. So that's basically me in a nutshell. And so all of those things are kind of the, the things that made us want to have you on today. Uh, all of the specifics I told them, they were like, she'd be great for an interview. So we were really excited to get you on because of all of the different things that you go into. But let's start with the hard stuff and get it out of the way. I mean, and when I say hard, I mean hard for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a feeling this is. So, um, Sarah and I were best friends in high school, but I, I don't know. I think I should let her tell the story because it sounds like she has some fun things to say. So Sarah, how did we become friends or where do you want to start with this of how we know each other? Man, I don't even know where to start. Um, we grew up in a really small town and it's 
we're blessed to go to preschool with the same people we graduate high school with. And first of all, I would just like to say I am the longest relationship Allie Carlson has ever had. And I take great pride in that. So um, uh, romantic or otherwise. So. Yeah, anything, General. anything. I am the longest relationship she has ever had, and I take great pride. Um, so we started off in gymnastics together, and then we cheered together in high school. And we sort of, I don't know why, just our junior year became really, really close. Um, and we were just inseparable that year, like absolutely inseparable. It was, I'm sure people thought we were like together, but we really weren't. Like it was a totally platonic relationship, it, but we were like attached at the hip junior year yes like took baths like i couldn't like take a bath unless she was like in the room um actually let me say though one time i did come home from school and this bitch is in my bathtub <laughs> like first of all do you have a key to my house like how did you get in here and why are you in my bubble bath right now I didn't have jets and Sarah had jets. So it's like bath at my house, bath. At, I mean, come on guys. Things haven't changed that much. I'm kind of that same person that would show I would do anything for a bath. So uh, I would do anything for a bath. Anybody's bathtub is fine. No, no fair game for bathtubs. Alicia, Alicia and I were at someone's house the other day, both at a mutual friend's house. She disappears for like two hours, legit sitting in someone else's bathtub for like two hours. Two That's hours. Right. I like, what? I wasn't even in there very long. I'm like, you've been gone for two hours. Fine. It's fine. See, I found, totally normal. found a group of people that are just like me, Sarah Bear. That's good. Because that's another thing with our relationship is we have always been like, we've had similarities, but we've really always been so so different and it was like why we were best friends and also why we didn't get along at times either <laughs> yes exactly we're kind of like polar opposites so um okay so super close in junior year if i remember right it was i was with josh and he we broke up for like a quick period of time and I'm like I have no like I had no friends because I had been with him for so long and I was like I hadn't only him and I just called you and I was like I need you really bad and you just showed up and then we were like didn't leave each other's side from that moment on and we did have a mutual friend too so that kind of like made us close and then you're right I forgot about those boys that we dated that was a long time ago. <laughs> I totally yeah, forgot right? about them. Yeah. We did. Yes. Those, boy, those was... boys happened to be best friends, and then we kind of became friends. You're right. I forgot about that. Yes, exactly. So, so that I'm was... curious, Sarah. Like, what, what was, like, watching Allie kind of through her whole life, which obviously you've had that opportunity to do, did you see like an entrepreneurial spirit? Did you see kind of like her work ethic? Like what was Allie like as far as like, as far as that goes? Like, did you see like, oh, Allie's going to do this or Allie's like, what, what, what was Allie's like kind of personality like, I guess, back then? Okay. So let's, um, let's jump to senior year. Um, and we'll talk about what she was voted in high school. Okay. I got some pictures to show you. 
Okay. So she was right here. She was voted loudest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Still true. And then um, she was also voted, I'm not even sure what this one is. Biggest little, little Black Book. Um, kind of the same thing. So yeah. I don't know if just, that's like most likely to be in someone's Little Black Book or most likely to have a Little Black Book, but it didn't really matter both. either way it fit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> biggest Flirt, which was my guess. So I feel like I was oh, Yes. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I definitely, I would never have pictured like an entrepreneur exactly, but now that she's doing it, it fits her perfectly because, um, I did see her, she always was interested in like psychology and like wanting to figure out people's brains and help people. And, um, especially through like the stuff she's been through in life. So, it doesn't surprise me now that I see her doing it, um, that that is what she ended up doing. She's like helping other women, um, with their struggles. And I think it's important to remember too, is that she is, enjoys helping people because she has been through these struggles herself. Like she's not this like person that's never been through anything and has always been this confident person that's not it at all it's actually the exact opposite she's been through things that have really hurt her and grown so much in the past 15 years that has made her who she is today yeah i can see that for sure and would you say that's kind of kind of transition what about you what about you when you were in high school what did you feel like your calling was where did you see yourself where did you see yourself going versus kind of like where you're at today and kind of the things that have led to that what did you think you were going to be when you grew up how's that okay well that's very interesting I've been thinking about that a lot lately um I think Allie would maybe agree with this is that I'm a very similar person to who I was in high school. I've kind of always had the same morals and values and I've really stuck firm to my beliefs. Um, the only thing different is that in high school, I was really bitter about the things I was going through and I was angry and I was hurt and I was just not a happy person. Um, and so that's what's different about me now. Um, but. I was definitely a planner. Like I had my whole life planned out since I was 13 and it has gone absolutely nothing like I had planned. And I can only anticipate that that's for the better. Like God just has way greater things in store for me than I ever had envisioned for myself. So, um, I knew I wanted to work with children. So I am doing that, but I'm, I, I assumed I'd be married. I assumed I'd have all my kids by the time I was 30. I'm 28 and I'm not even married. So, um, I mean, it's, my life hasn't gone at all how I thought it would, but that's completely okay because my life is still awesome. It's just not what I planned. Well, and one of the things I think that like, uh, kept us so magnetized at, in high school was that about you and my personality combined because you have always been the super 
sane, super stable, like very even when I'm like totally insane all the time. And like, that's still true today, just in a different way. Like it's in a healthier way maybe than it yes. was in high school. You know, there's things about me that haven't changed at all, but there, but, uh, how I manage those that crazy is, is way different, but exactly. that, I think that that is something that really kept us, you know, cause I kind of was the gas where you were the brakes and that worked well for both of us, you know, like maybe I pushed you where you slowed me down when I needed to be slowed down, you know? Yeah. It was so much fun. It's, I have some of the best memories from my junior year of high school. It's some of the funnest times of my life. And also there's a couple things I regret more than anything else I regret in my whole life. So yeah. it no regrets, no regrets, but yeah, you, you're right. I, you, I have to move on. I'm such a, I'm very, I'm a very anxious, obsessive person and kind of beat myself up over mistakes I have made. Um, and you're right. No regrets. Like, no, made me who I am the today. beautiful person you are now. You know what I mean? Like Thank everything you. leads up to, to this. You're exactly right. I'm, I'm still working on that. It's, it's a work in progress. Everybody is. We all are. Yeah. So let's talk about, Sarah, you, you already kind of brought it up. So let's talk about the transition from bitterness to kind of where you are now. You said that that's the biggest thing that you've had changed. So what does that look like? Where, where did that start? How did that change? And let's talk about, let's applaud the fact that you even recognize that you were bitter because I feel like there's so many people that don't even recognize that. So I think step one is realizing you were bitter and I applaud you for that and not just recognizing it, but admitting it because I think that's a problem that a lot of people have. So step one was realizing your issue that you were obviously very self-aware of. And then step two was managing that issue. So what did that look like for you? When were you like, okay, I, I want to feel better. Like you have to make that decision as your own personal self to say, Hey, I'm sick of living like this. I'm sick of being bitter. I'm ready to take the step. So what did that transition look like for you, Sarah? Well, um, the different things I've been through in my life, um, when I was a child, I mean, obviously I still struggle with this, but, um, I had a reading disability that I dealt with in high school. Um, my father was an alcoholic. I felt that led me to feel very unworthy. Um, all of this, I, I'm naturally a very anxious, OCD, ruminating thought person. Um, and I would have been like that anyways, had I not had all these experiences, but obviously that all amplified it. In high school, uh, once my, my parents got divorced, um, my mom could just see things happening in me. Like one time she printed pictures for a Christmas card and you know, like 25 of them just to like send out everybody. And I lost it on her. I was like, mom, I'm so ugly in that picture. Like, why would you print that picture? Blah, blah, blah. Like I freaked out. I don't know if I was 14, 15, how old I was. And she was like, Sarah, this is irrational. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Like at your age, this is, it's, you feel like your appearance is the most important thing, but listen, I'm going to take you to the hospital if you do not chill out. And I was like, oh shit, like she's <laughs> Thank God for Ruthie. Yeah. Like my mom, I mean, for real, my mom was like, you have to go to therapy. Like you are just, and I didn't buy into it for like a year. I mean, I talked to the lady, I was nice to her or whatever, but 
I mean, it took me probably a year before I was like, okay, like I will actually, you know, therapy's hard work. You have to, um, you actually have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your, the person you're talking to. Um, and I would say it probably took me a year before I really did that. Um, and I also got on, um, anxiety medication, which has helped me tremendously. Um, but I would say, um, that's like the first turning point is that I was willing to be in therapy and, um, get on medication and things. But as my life evolved, then, um, I kept getting sicker and sicker, like physically, my body was just deteriorating and nobody could figure out why. Um, and again, my mom was like, something's freaking wrong with my daughter, like somebody help her. (laughs) And so, uh, eventually, um, a, a natural holistic integrative health doctor was able to figure out that I had Addison's disease and, So I felt like I had a second chance at life, basically. Like I was very close to just dead. I looked like a skeleton. I was gray. I was, you know, very thin. My blood pressure was crazy low. Um, And I just felt like I had a second chance at life, basically, and I shouldn't waste it. So I probably really turned the corner on my like bitterness really at that point. Like my... um, in high school, I graduated in 2010 and my father passed away in 2011. Um, I probably didn't really turn the corner of bitterness until like 2015, honestly. I mean, it's a process for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can remember like in high school when like your dad got sick and we got that phone call that your dad was sick and going to the hospital with you was like such a, it was so hard for you because you were, you didn't even really want to go, but like something was pulling you to go. Like, it was just, I watched like all of these, the, the, this bitterness within you without even really like knowing that was the word at the time. I just felt like, yeah, that was the way you were. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you just hated him and you hated everything that he had put you through and, and your family. And like, it just, just so funny. And then like, when you got sick from, at that point, we weren't super close. We had kind of fallen out of a friendship, but you uh, had remained friends with my family. And so we were around each other through that time. And like seeing you sick like that, like I wish you girls could see the pictures of when she was so sick and nobody, and you were like misdiagnosed over and over. Like they scared mm-hmm. the crap out of you, thought like you had lymphoma or yeah. something. Like you just misdiagnosis all over the place. And she was so thin and like, you know, like when somebody loses so much weight and their eyes start to sink in, like that was Sarah at that time. And, um, you know, thank God. Like I, I jokingly said, thank God for Ruthie, but Ruthie like saved my life more than one time. And I, she's, a that's absolutely the truth. And, um, she is a, like an angel. And so have <laughs> like, ha, she really is like, I adore Ruthie. Um, so ha, like having your mom, you know, I, I just, she's just amazing. I don't know. I just yeah. love she, her. She is really amazing. And you guys talked about like on your last, um, Talk. or not on your last podcast, but, um, on your, when you talked about emotional abuse, um, you know, how, like the birds and the bees talk with some of you was just like, okay, this is it. And don't ever ask me any questions. My mom was not like that at all. I mean, 
I wasn't like an open, like an overly sexually curious person, but Allie was. <laughs> and so Allie and my mom. Oh, shocker. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so Allie and my mom, you know, my mom was able to be that for Allie, <laughs> you know, yeah. like answer these questions and so yeah. yes my mom is like she's really amazing <laughs> I can't even imagine I hope she never hears this I don't know what she if I'm allowed to talk about her or not <laughs> <laughs> well I love that and I love that like from a mother's point of view I love that you she was fighting for you and there's a lot of moms that won't fight for it and um you or know, don't know how or don't you know, know how. I think that's important too Allie I think you know, sometimes you just don't know. As a mother, the three of us can tell you there are times where I'm just like, shit, I hope this is the right thing to do, but I'm not 100% sure. I mean, to me, motherhood is literally like winging it, hoping this is the best and seeing if it works out later. Um, so shout out to your mom for doing that. And, and for you, I, I want to back up for a minute because I have a couple of questions. Number one, what if you what advice would you give someone that's struggling with a teenager that was like you? Like what advice would you give them to deal with a teenager that is like they're seeing issues with their teenager? Because I know it's more and more common these days and probably even when we were teenagers just due to society. So what tips or advice would you give a parent that is in a similar situation with their child? Like you see them upset, you see them kind of downward spiraling, you know, what do you recommend the parent do? Like, obviously your mom got you involved. It took time, but what kept you going back and what kept you encouraged? And, you know, what do you think was finally that breaking point for you to finally say, okay, I'm going to talk to this therapist. I think for me personally, my mom is just my rock and, um, you cannot give up on that child because even if they're, they're 16 and man, that age is hard. Like that age is so frustrating and kind of annoying to deal with. Like you think they're grown and should know better. And, but they they really don't like they're a child too. And it is your job as their parent to help them, um, and not give up on them. And I think that would be my advice is just, you're the parent or the, the guardian, whatever. Don't give up, keep going. That's your child. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and like I said, shout out to your mom, you know, for taking that initiative and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then for you to finally just say, all right, I'm going to do this. So, uh, and those for you, uh, those who aren't familiar with Addison's disease, what, what is that? What were you experiencing? Obviously weight loss and you looked gray, but for those of us who aren't familiar, what exactly is Addison's? Okay, it's a really rare disease um, where your adrenal gland doesn't produce enough cortisol. So basically, now what I have to worry about is my immune system isn't quite as strong as a normal person's, and I just need more sleep than the average person. So when I was really sick, um, the biggest things were I just kept losing so much, so much weight. I was super thin and gray and... I just, my blood pressure was like 60 over 40, like crazy low. And I would sleep like 15 to 18 hours a day. And that was just normal. And I thought you just, if you didn't exercise and you ate nacho cheese all the time, then that's what you felt like. And my mom was just like, no, this is not normal. Um, I, 
I kind of a side note I want to add to that is society is so frustrating in the way they, um, and I know no one else viewed me as looking healthy, but it's so frustrating the way society views women because I liked the way I looked when I was that skinny. Um, and that's a really hard thing to admit is that I genuinely felt prettier like that than I do at my normal weight, but I would never go back to that because it's not healthy and of how I felt. I mean, I literally felt like I was dying and it's not worth it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's one thing is how society. And then I think because I struggle with something similar that people can't see, like if people can't see that you have Addison's disease or people can't see that I have endometriosis, they don't, they think you're normal and you're healthy and you're fine. You know what I mean? Like they look at you and you're like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's healthy. Just by mm -hmm. glancing at you, they make these assumptions that, you know, they don't realize the struggles that go with it just because they don't see it, you know, or, or I've heard a lot of like, Oh, you're naturally skinny or natural. You know what I mean? They don't know kind of what goes along with that. Um, yeah. when it's a disease or an issue that people can't physically see, if we see someone with down syndrome, we recognize, Hey, they have down syndrome and, and we know that or any other physical, um, issue that people have, we're like, oh, okay, they, they have this issue, whatever. But it's like something that people can't see is so hard for them to understand or even take into consideration. Like, oh, she, she's 34 and healthy. Well, no, you don't, you don't know what I deal with every single day. Um, so I think that's another added point. And obviously with Addison's, you know, you were losing weight and you were turning gray, but when you were feeling better and those kind of symptoms kind of went away, people just still assume you're healthy. Oh, she looks better. She's healthy now. They don't know what you're dealing with every single day, you know, when you're dealing with the disease with something like that. So again, that's a society thing for sure. Yeah. And you have to do what's best for you. Um, like my life on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I do a lot of natural things. Um, but a lot of medications, like I seriously probably take like 30 to 50 pills a day, four different times a day, not that many every time, but <laughs> in combined. Um, and I have to eat like at certain times and I have to eat a certain amount of food. And I mean, I feel like sometimes it can be frustrating for other people, but I just have to be confident and know that this is something I have to do for my health. And I don't really care if you judge me for it. Like I have to eat at 1245 and I have to eat a pretty large amount of food. And if you're going to judge me for it, I don't really care. <laughs> like I feel you, girl. I feel you. I don't have to eat for food purposes, but judgy Judy down there, Pinky's always giving me hell about my snacks. I'm like, <laughs> gotta eat okay so judge all you want judy because i have to eat listen this girl this girl's got a thing for snacks though <laughs> Allie, it's true isn't it i'm like i, I swear every hour she's like feeling a little snacky <laughs> i'm like like you just did snacky snack i'm like <laughs> i understand i understand that's so funny so, i love it um so you got into therapy you found out, you know, from this holistic doctor, do we want to kind of transition into that and what, you know, kind of holistic medicine and what kind of research you did and kind of things like that 
as far as the holistic side goes and what that has done for you and your body and your life, quite frankly. Yeah, I feel like um, my healthcare plan is definitely a combination of Western medication and um, holistic medication um, because I literally couldn't live if I didn't have my Western medication. So I'm not knocking that at all. Um, but if you can find some other natural things to go with it, um, that's wonderful. I take a lot of supplements, um, that help me a lot. I also, uh, use oils all different ways, topically, internally, aromatically, um, even just to help with things like my mood. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the integrative health has completely saved my life. And it's looking at a person's whole body and getting to the root of problems instead of just, here's the symptom and here's some, uh, some medication to block that pain. Um, so that's, I really like that we get to the root of the problem when we're talking about my physical issues and also, um, also mental health. Like, don't be afraid to get to the root of why you feel the way you do. If you have to go back 20 years to your childhood to figure it out, that's okay to cry about today. If you're still feeling something about that, or if it's something about high school that some girl said to you or some guy did to you, it's okay to still cry about that. If you've never felt that emotion, you need to process that process the pain and work through it because it's absolutely worth it to get to the other side. Yeah. And, and f like a fun little fact about, um, Addison's that I shared with Sarah was that, uh, JFK had Addison's disease. And so in the sixties, um, they treated it with these injections that they later found out were actually like essentially like methamphetamine because like she's saying, um, it makes you really tired and it makes your joints hurt and it makes your body hurt and um, all kinds of just really th terrible things that like make it so you can't function essentially. You just want to stay in bed all day. And so they were like injecting him like all through his presidency with essentially meth to function through what the same disease Sarah has been diagnosed with. So that's just kind of like a fun little side, like useless alleyism for you guys for today um but anyway so talk about i guess a, a little how did you decide to go with a natural pathic doctor for your to, to kind of look at everything as a whole for you how did you land there it was a last ditch effort honestly we i had been to so many doctors for 10 years um the endocrinologist continually just kept giving me different thyroid medication dosages and could not figure it out ab at all and it was just my mom's last ditch effort like yeah begging someone because we knew someone within that doctor's office um and she wasn't even taking on new clients but she was just begging people I want I you have to look at her like she's so young like she has so much potential but like she is just dying like I don't know what to do with her like yeah 
And you had that seizure, right? Is that, did that start before you started seeking doctors and, or did that happen in that whole same time frame? Mm, similar time frame. Uh, that was in the summer of 2014. And so we knew, like, I kind of started to, I don't know. It was just, it was a very gradual thing. So I didn't get really, really sick until 2014. Um, but at that time I had the seizure in the summer and then I went on vacation with my mom in like May of 2015. And at that time, that's when she realized, oh my God, like she is actually going to die before we figure out what is wrong with her. Like she literally thought I was going to die. Um, like we were flying back, we went on a vacation and we were flying back and I got too hot on the airplane. Um, and so I just said, I have to get off of here. So I walked off the airplane, like it's about to go. And I just walked off apparently. Um, and my mom followed me off and they were like, ma'am, you cannot get off the airplane or cause they, they were going to leave. And she's like, I don't care. My daughter's not on this flight. Like I'm going to follow her. So she follows me like maybe 30 seconds behind me. And when she gets to me, I'm already asleep laying against the wall in the airport. And she's like, oh my God, like we have to figure out what's wrong with you. So it kind of, that year was the year that everything just like blew up. Yeah. <laughs> and like rescue again, we should. Add. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like if people that don't know, so Sarah, um, because of stuff in her past, with her dad and stuff, doesn't drink, doesn't do, never, never drink any alcohol, never does any drugs, any of that kind of stuff. But like, if you, so if you didn't know her and didn't know how strongly she feels about substances and substance abuse, um, like looking at her in that time frame from an outsider's perspective, you would have thought like drugs, um, an eating disorder, like mm -hmm. there's so many things that like cross through people's minds and like, it's like, well, is this what it is? Is this because nobody knew and, and it was like out of control? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, a lot of people thought it was some sort of eating disorder and which I wasn't eating healthy. I, I would like eat like five strawberries and I would literally throw up because my body was so unhealthy and wasn't functioning properly. It wasn't because I was making myself, Yeah. but yeah, it's just craziness. <laughs> yes. Well, we're glad that you did find this doctor that sounds like that he or she is it a he or she girl. She, she um, takes a look at everything as a whole and has got you on the right path now, but is you, you've mentioned um, oils and, and that sort of thing. Is that uh, finding this doctor? Is that where you came to love oils and you start utilizing them or how did that happen? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, she introduced me to a massage therapist. This natural doctor introduced me to a massage therapist, and she actually uh, does neuromuscular re-education. It's like some sort of fancy massage that helps me significantly. Like it's helped me way more than physical therapy or chiropractor or anything. It's amazing. Um, and she was really into the oils. So that's how I originally got into them and now it's just sort of my passion to share just natural solutions and options with other families um i would love to be able to get 
natural solutions into the childcare facilities and schools. As I've mentioned, um, I knew I was gonna work with kids and that is what I ended up doing. I got a degree in early childhood and um, now I'm a toddler teacher. And I just want to be able to share these natural solutions and a different way of thinking with the next generation. Yeah, and if, if I understand correctly from our talks about this, it is like illegal, right, for you to utilize those natural options in your classroom? Um, illegal would be like, I think a little bit strong of a word, but if you want to be considered um, a high quality facility, you have to maintain certain regulations. And right now, uh, to maintain those certain regulations, you have to clean with like bleach water, which of course has its own problems, you know, cause some children have a sensitivity or um, a breathing reaction to these harsh chemicals. Um, so right. yes, right now, um, depending on like what level you're at, it depends, it's different in different states. Um, so that's, that changes things. But depending on all of that, uh, you cannot diffuse oils in your classroom and you, you can do some natural cleaning, but there are still like certain areas like the diaper changing table, you have to use bleach water on. Um, and I would just like to open that up so people know there are other options out there that are just as sanitizing and disinfecting. You don't have to use these harsh chemicals. Yeah. So it, um, what have you been, I know you've been working on some projects with that. I don't know where things are at now that we're on lockdown for you, but what have you been doing in your life and in the like childcare world to, to try to get that as an option for you? Um, so my friend, uh, Helen Robinson and I have, uh, created a group on Facebook called early childhood advocates seeking natural solutions. And mostly we're just trying to build up a group of people uh, that share the same passion as we do and raise awareness for these natural options. Um, and we have a lot of like shared anecdotal experiences that we're bringing to the table. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work with national early childhood organizations and um, state early childhood organizations just to, you know, get my foot in the door and, you know, introduce myself and see where it can take us. Yeah. And you were planning a trip, right, to D.C. to uh, help with or work on some legislation or something. Is that right? You were hoping uh, to take a trip? Yes, I did in February. Um, I took a trip and talked to our congressman um, just about it was it was more so just different changes that need to be made in early childhood in general different um things about how the profession should be more respected and um they should be compensated more um and all of those sort of things so it was it was broader than just natural health um but it was a good experience yeah. and i'm kind of hoping that this uh i know this is an absolute tragedy this COVID-19 is a tragedy and all this, um, but I'm sort of hoping that in some ways it shows the value of teachers and we can get back to building the focus being social emotional development of our children and not academics. 
I don't care if your third grader can read it at a fifth grade level. That does them no good if they have no social emotional skills. I just, I would yeah. love to, I would love to be able to, I want third graders to be able to play in school. I want, you know, I don't want them to be sitting doing worksheets like it. It's just, it would be great yeah. to change everything about the education system in America. Well, and we talked about this briefly with, you know, my kids, you being early in early childhood. And I shared with you some of the stuff like that, that they have to do um, as, you know, my second grader is only seven. He's young for his grade. And I, I, I made the decision to keep him in his grade just because of who he is as an individual um, mm -hmm. and his, his academic capabilities. But we discussed so much about like, what they require of a seven-year-old baby in schools is just, it is so much. And I'm very, very blessed that my seven-year-old is who he is as a person. Um, but I have other kids coming up that this is going to be a struggle for them forever just because of who they are as a person, not because of their academic abilities, but because of their um, what is required of them to sit still for so long and to to do so much so um, have you guys ever um, looked into like Montessori school yeah I I I mean I know a little bit about Montessori school I've never taught at one um, I know I think there's one in Terre Haute do you know more about that Allie or Alicia I do. My kids went to a Montessori school in San Diego and it was just so different. It's like, they don't really have the desks and necessarily like do all the worksheets. It's more hands-on and drawing. It just, it's, I really, really like it, but there's just not many of them. But I feel like the feel is very different, but I just kind of feel like that's something you would be into. I don't know. We're yeah. making great strides in early childhood um, talking about well, early, we, when we say early childhood, we mean birth to third graders. But I guess when I say early childhood, I mean birth through preschoolers. Um, we're making excellent strides there. But then where we're having issues is, um, okay, how do we transition these preschoolers to get ready for kindergarten? Because developmentally, what's appropriate is not for them to be sitting at a desk doing worksheets, but that's what they're going to have to do in three months. So do we expose them to that so they have been exposed and it's not a shocker? Or do we let them play because that's what they should be doing? It's, it's kind of a struggle. So I have a passion, I work in, with toddlers, but my passion sort of also lies with the kindergarten through third graders because what's being expected of them isn't exactly developmentally appropriate at this time. Where, what would you say, Sarah, for people that are just getting into anything holistic, particularly oils, and integrating that with their children, whether it be cleanliness or, you know, calming or whatever, because we all know that different children require different things. So just give us a little bit of knowledge on maybe your top three oils involving your early childhood and maybe kind of like 
the benefits of those oils and how, because I think some people are completely clueless about oils because quite frankly, I was until the company that we work for started carrying them. I was completely clueless about oils and now I, I value them for sure. But I think generally speaking, so many people just aren't educated on these products. So give us your top three oils, maybe their uses and how you think they could benefit, particularly younger children or children in general. Uh, first off, I would say do your research and find a quality oil or a quality company to go with. Please do not go to the grocery store and buy oils because there are not regulations on them and it can say 100% pure and it's not. It's just fractionated coconut oil or water or whatever. Um, so that's the unfortunate part right now is that there aren't regulations. So do your research and find a company you're comfortable with would be my first thing. If I was going to pick like top three oils um, without like getting into blends and all that, because every company has a little bit different. For us new people, you know. Uh, I would say if you're looking for like a calming, for, for most people, and this is just most people, it, it's obviously different for everyone. Um, if you're looking for like a calming, relaxing oil, that's going to be lavender usually. Uh, and you would just smell that oil. Um, and you can put it on your wrists or the back of your neck so that you can kind of smell it. It's good to mix oils with fractionated coconut oil. Um, when you're putting them on your skin, um, just in case they are, you're a little sensitive to them or they're considered a hot oil. So if you're new, when in, when in doubt, just add some fractionated coconut oil, um, with it. Um, another one I would suggest would probably be lemon, uh, great for cleaning. Uh, you can literally just add like 10, 15 drops to a 32 ounce bottle of water and you have, you know, a cleaning product at that point. Um, and it smells good and it's natural. Your kids can use it too, which that I love doing. Like, here's your, your cleaning spray bottle, go to town and clean my house, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and also another great one, I would say, uh, breathing is a lot of the reason people get into essential oils. Um, so like a peppermint, um, is great at opening up your airways. Um, that one does burn if you get it in your eyes. So you have to be careful with that one with children. Um, just being honest with them and talking to them about it. Um, if you're going to like put it on a really young child, I recommend putting it like in the middle of the spine because that's a great place that it absorbs. And they also can't reach around and touch it and then touch their eyes because peppermint really burns really bad. If it gets in your eyes, I've taken my contacts out before and it was really disastrous so you make mistakes but you're really with it being so natural you're not going to hurt yourself like that much but you just have to use common sense like a little goes a long way is another thing I would say I have a really funny story with peppermint oil I like to <laughs> use <lie>. it <laughs> I like to use it when oh Alicia's is gonna be a little bit different than mine I'm just gonna warn you <laughs> um, the I like to use it when my muscles are aching really bad like at the gym yeah. and so 
um, one day I was like, I have to run six miles today on the treadmill and I am already hurting so bad. So I went to the, I had some with me. I went to the bathroom at the gym. This is so stupid. Like I am the dumbest person on the planet, but, um, I went to the bathroom. I put it on my like lower back. I put it on my butt. Keep in mind, this girl still don't wear an underwear. Nothing's changed since high school. I don't like them. I ain't wearing them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bathroom. I put this peppermint oil on. I get on that treadmill and I'm just, whew, here we go. Six miles. Let's go. Like a mile and a half into it. I sweat like a man. Right. So I am drenched in sweat. And then I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, whoo, whoo. Oh, oh God. Oh, I'm like, oh, oh God. And it had the sweat from my back had you got gone down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was on fire. Like, like story. It's like the same thing. I actually <laughs> somehow was there and I'm like, and with the peppermint and then the burning and it, ooh. I know. I yeah. was like, I'm on fire. It's on fire. So watch your private parts and your eyes. Yes. Are the most <laughs> Don't get it in your eyes. Or your private like eyes. <laughs> You're like, eyes, <laughs> eyes. Eyes, thighs, yes. It will burn. It will set you on fire. And what would you say, what are you using for yourself, Sarah, and along with your Western medicine, which we all, you know, like you said, you're not saying go drop your Western medicine by no means if it's something you need to stay alive. Um, But what is something you use every day that seems to help in particularly with your Addison's disease and and your health struggles? What, what's, you know, and I know we're not going to get super into blends because we don't want to scare anyone. Um, But, you know, just some basic oils that you kind of incorporate into your life that you see some health benefits from. Um, well, I would say, I would say I I diffuse oils every night when I sleep, some sort of like relaxing, um, or even like an oil that's going to promote like positivity or, um, self-forgiveness and things like that. Um, I do that. I put a lot of oils on in the morning just as like a perfume almost. So just use what you like that smells good. I mean, that's just a way to go. Um, also, I mean, I do take a lot of um, supplements um, and things, and make sure you're with a doctor that's supportive of that sort of thing, and just ask them, you know, take this bottle of natural stuff to them and be like, is this good for me? Should I use this? And my doctor is very open um, with all that kind of stuff, obviously, and she's like, eh, I don't really want you to take that because it has this in it, da, da, da. So everyone's body is different. Um, and just do your research is the most important thing. Yeah. So finding, say someone's listening to this, they're like, you know, I haven't, I have this issue. Maybe they're in a similar boat as you. What, and obviously you found your doctor because it was at your other doctor, right? But if I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I want to kind of research this. What are some things I should look for or maybe ask a holistic doctor or ask around for a holistic doctor 
to, to find what works best for me. I, I understand doing the research, but like, where, where do I go? Is there maybe like a really good Facebook group page that you know of that you've learned a lot from? Is there a website? I mean, anything off the top of your head that you would recommend that people do their research before finding these doctors? Um, off the top of my head, not really. Um, you're, there's different like buzzwords, like a holistic doctor, um, integrative health is another, like a buzzword that sort of means the same thing. Um, you have to find, there are not a lot of them. So you kind of have to go with what's in your area. Um, that's this unfortunate part. It's just, it's not very common at this point. Off the top of my head, I can't think of just like one website that's super great because everybody's uh, promoting a brand that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so there's not a lot of generic information out there. But um, I mean, you can get some information off of my Facebook group, Early Childhood Advocates Seeking Natural Solutions. Um, you can get some information off of my Living Well with Sweatpants Sarah page. Um, some of it's related to brands, some of it's not, um, especially in our um, natural solutions education group, it's not branded at all. In fact, we have an article on there about how to pick which oils and which company to go with. Like, it's not branded at all. Um, that would so be good to get involved in, like, in maybe in your group page. Like, obviously, you're offering, you know, support and tips and education on that, so... Um, maybe we can point people that way. I think that would be a great, a great resource for someone that's just completely clueless. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, it's okay to be completely clueless. Like we were all there at one point. Um, I definitely was. Um, when I first got into oils, I bought my first oils off of Amazon and I diffused them. Like I was getting some real medicinal benefits from them. After I did my research, I was like, oh, so this is just like, a perfume like this is literally doing nothing for me so I mean it's okay we've all been there and it's okay to make mistakes just keep researching keep growing it's just like your personal growth journey your your natural health journey is the same thing you just it's ongoing process yeah well I love all of it I think that you are such a great advocate for um, for teachers, for natural health, for taking care of yourself, for mental health, for physical health, for all of those things. And that's like why we hadn't wanted to have you is that I, I, I really do love and respect all that you're doing. And even though, you know, like that doesn't, uh, it's not something I'm necessarily interested in. I love that there is people that are interested in it because it matters, you know, yeah. like at the, at the end of the day, I have children in, in, early childhood education levels. So the things that people like you are doing and that are passionate about does directly affect me because the curriculum that my children get, what they're allowed to do and say and uh, how they behave in the classroom is affecting my life. And so I think what you do and what you're doing and what you're working towards with educating people and trying to improve the system, if you will, is really important for everybody on the planet that has small children, especially. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for, and, and you don't even have children. So <laughs> super, shout out, super shout out to you for, 
loving and caring enough about other people's children and the impact that they're going to make on this world and trying to better that for everyone. So thank you for doing that. I think we can say we all appreciate that as, as mothers here. And I'm sure your mother's super proud. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, can we just shout Ruthie out one more time? Ruthie, we yeah, love Ruthie. you. Oh, Ruthie, <laughs> go, Ruthie. She's going to be so embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I really do love her. She's yeah. pretty great. Um, okay. So we always like to leave, I know you've mentioned your group pages on here, but we always like to make sure everybody knows how to find you. So Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're comfortable, people reaching out, where can they get a hold of you? You can mostly get a hold of me on Facebook. Um, my name is Sarah Tobias on Facebook, S A R A H T O B I A S. And then my group is called living well with sweatpants, Sarah. Uh, and then if you want to be involved with like the early childhood aspect of it, you can be, uh, it doesn't matter. You can be a teacher, you can be a mother, you can be a doctor. It doesn't even matter. Um, anyone that group is called early childhood advocates seeking natural solutions. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate your time and sharing with us. And like I said, it was fun because you just are such like an advocate for all the things we want to touch on this month. So, yeah. well, thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. And I, I hope that uh, sharing my story will help someone somewhere. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.